Got to do my Leo Fong, man. You know what I'm saying? That's right. The legend. <laughs> what is going on? We got Master Lin. That's right. Kabazinski. That's right. Boom. It's back. Hanging out with the samurai guy. How are you doing, brother? Thank you so much for having me back. I really greatly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm doing good. Busy month uh, all around for me. It's been a crazy summer, really, so far, good and bad. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's going. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, this film wrapping up post, which is going to happen uh, in about uh, soon, so <laughs> days at this point. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, and uh, then uh, negotiating distributors and seeing what might happen with it. We'll see. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, first of first off, you are looking swole, my friend. You are oh, on you are on the swole. <laughs> yeah, nice. Lynn, I mean, Lynn's got that muscle. I got that fussle. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> yeah, I, I put some things together. Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. A lot of grilled chicken. Maybe <laughs> a lot of hey. Frozen Bacardi once some... in a while, Bacardi on ice once in a while. There you go. Hey, that's all. Hey, a bonus. You got to reward yourself, my friend, for yeah, your hard that's work. Right. Go nuts. That's um, but hey, hey, we are here to talk about Pact of Vengeance. I, I'm, I'm sorry I was late to uh, the party of watching this because I've been crazy busy myself here on the channel. And I, I watched it last night, and my friend. Uh, well, I, I'll interject a minute. You're actually not late to the party. You're actually oh, early to the party. That's right. This film is not released. Uh, the only place it is released is uh, privately on my Patreon campaign. That's the only place right now it's on. So uh, it yeah. is not signed with a distributor or anything like that. It's only available to, I mean, people that supported the Indiegogo campaign. They obviously have had an opportunity to watch it. Thank you so much. And uh, obviously, everybody at patreon.com slash killerwolffilms that support my works. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I never take you guys for granted. So, uh, But yeah, that's the only place it's on right now. Um, I anticipate signing a deal once uh, you know I get my the final, uh, final, final, final version back, which I nice. said could, could be days now, hopefully. And uh, then I'll get that show on the road and get it signed with somebody. And I, I don't expect that to be a very long process. So uh, right, right. Uh, the sooner it does that, the better. And the more it gets out to everybody, Amazon, Tubi, you, you know. There you, you go. Yeah, Tubi. I love me some Tubi now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I still feel late, though, Len. Because <laughs> as soon as it was available to us backers, I wanted to watch it right away. And I couldn't do it because I've just been crazy busy. But I watched it last night, my friend, and I had a blast. All right. I, I was smiling. From the beginning of the movie to the end, I could totally tell it was made with a labor of love. That old throwback to the old classic 80s movies. That's right. The Grindhouse, Vigilante movies. I saw the love, man, and I, I felt the love. <laughs> but I was just that. having yeah. a blast. Yeah, I mean, it was really meant to be an 80s picture. When people ask me about, you know, when I did it, what were other films I might have been thinking of or what was tone and stuff like that I was going for. Uh, really from the beginning, uh, post-production coordinator, editor, and uh, also cinematographer Steven Steinbacher there, uh, me and him had a, an understanding of, of what I wanted, and I think he uh, did that pretty well. And, and that was I wanted the the story to very much play out just like a simple 80s film. That's no it. complex storylines. It's point A to point B, simple mm -hmm. story. This is happens, this happens, this happens, and off we go. Uh, there's no plot twist. There's nothing really like that. Uh, but that wasn't what I was going for at all. Uh, if you watch 80s action cinema or 80s martial arts cinema, anything like that, yeah, you're not going to get a, a bunch of uh, M. Night uh, worthy twists in your story kind of thing. They're pretty simple. 
yeah. I wanted that intentionally when I wrote the script and I had a uh, kind of a script advisor, if you will, and Mr. Corey Trim. Thank you, Corey. Um, you know, that kind of said, well, then this part maybe adjust, this part adjust, this part maybe switches. So, uh, you know, me and Corey communicated and put the script together off of many, 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 many different versions uh, through the last couple of years through a pandemic and everything else. So yeah. uh, we're still in one, right? But uh, through all that stuff, and uh, I told Steven Steinbacher on the final script, when we go to shoot, I want uh, the cinematography and stuff to be modern. Uh, I want it to look like uh, uh, Tony Scott's uh, Domino is what I wanted the film to like look like. A oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, nice. I wanted the colors and the editing style and stuff. I wanted it really hyperactive and stuff, which I, I think Domino is. Um, yeah. And again, that movie's 20, what, uh, 15, 17? Something like that. It's old. I think it's from 2005. So yeah. uh, Underrated but, movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I wanted it to look like Domino, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I wanted the story to be Death Wish 3 or, you yes. know, simple. Not so much even Death Wish. I think the most influence uh, story-wise off of me from an 80s action picture would have been 1986's uh, Christopher Stone vehicle, The Annihilators. Uh, yeah. Actually, what, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I saw that and I thought, man, I watched it again. And I remember liking it in the past, but then I watched it again. And I thought, man, this is really cool. Uh, you know, this is something I could see myself wanting to go in that kind of direction kind of thing. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I was excited when you uh, uh, when we did the trailer premiere here and we talked about it a while back. Uh, yeah, Annihilators, I have that on Blu-ray. It's a fun it's a fun flick. Yeah. And I could totally see its influence on you. Uh, and especially Death Wish 3, which is my favorite Death Wish at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. And that's the one thing I, I, uh, you were talking about. I totally agree with what you uh, said earlier about uh, the 80s action movies, you know, they're simplistic A to B. There's no M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Yeah. Oh, what a twist moments. Yeah. But you forgot to mention fun. They're fun. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. And I wanted that to this the, the, for this film, the pacing and stuff like that. I mean, we knew it, there wasn't going to be a lot of fat just from what we shot. You know, there wasn't yeah. a lot of wasted footage and stuff like that. We knew, you know scene from scene from scene. I don't, I don't even know. I'd have to really think about if we had an actual scene that was cut from the film. I'm not sure we do. Uh, oh, wow. We had certain scenes that were shot that were trimmed down and, and dialogue was cut and things like that. But uh, yeah. in terms of a wasted scene, I'm not really sure we have one. I'd have to think about that one. Nice, nice. I mean, that's rare. <laughs> that's actually rare. Uh, but yeah, there's a, you know, just kind of reiterate what I was just talking about a couple of minutes ago. Uh, there's a There's a popular tweet that's out there from an action podcast and they said when are action movies going to be fun again yeah you know, you know it, we lost that along the way though because i mean the 90s weren't very fun in in terms of cinema stuff or a, even action movies you know chuck norris is fading away at that point van damme uh, not too far into the 90s right. mid 90s becomes a directed video actor mm -hmm. um Steven Seagal kind of loses his mind and stuff mm. like that. And, and, you know, all those people that looked like, oh, the 80s, especially Seagal, who came along at the end of the 80s, you thought, okay, this is a guy that's going to have some staying power and uh, not so much. Um, you know, we lost all those guys that were making fun movies. I mean, come on, Hard to Kill is a fun movie. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. Any, anything of Van Damme early. I love Kickboxer. I could watch that over and over again. I, I mm -hmm. love Kickboxer. I love Cyborg two movies I could watch over and over again. Yeah. Uh, lots of Chuck Norris stuff from the 80s, but people seem to forget too, Chuck Norris in the 80s became more an action star than a martial arts star. Right. Uh, you know, Invasion USA has very little karate in it. Uh, Mission in Action, uh, all of them have very little karate in it, that, that kind of stuff. So, right. you know, uh, it was a lot to gone all through the 80s for uh, right. Chuck Norris. 
Well said, well said. I'm trying to take a look at your shirt there. <laughs> oh, my, my shirt is Hot Boy Summer. Okay. Pretty Peter Avalon uh, from the film. So uh, Nice, nice, nice. Peter sent me to it. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> You're a good dude, man. <laughs> Shout out to Peter. Yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah. who I enjoyed him uh, in the film a lot, and we're going to get to him. And you could totally tell he was having a blast playing that character. I, I think most people had a good time yeah. for the most part. I mean, there's always going to be hard times on set when you're busy and you're running around, you're waiting, yeah. you're waiting, you're waiting for something to, to go on. And, you know, we tried to mim minimize that as much as we could. But, you know, when you're trying to do, as this picture was the biggest budget I had, and, you know, but still at the end of the day, you know, this film, I think, raised $28,000 maybe-ish on, like, Indiegogo. Hell, yeah. Um, you know, Patreon is here or there, but, I mean, yeah. Patreon isn't going to fund a, a picture like this. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it might help with certain things here and there, but it's not going to fund a movie like this. Right. Uh, so, you know, that comes from Indiegogo. Me and executive producer Malia Mann probably put in about ten grand of our own, uh, you know, knowing I'm probably not making that back. But this is our chance to, like, go for it and make a movie we want to make. You know, that's I don't right. usually go on vacations. I spend money on making movies. And uh, while that's dwindling away probably in the future, just as my kids get older and things like that, uh, you know, I have to rely on stuff by, with Indiegogo and stuff mm -hmm. to you know, a lot, lots of filmmakers are doing it now. Greg Lamberson said, well, I'm never using Indiegogo again. Sure enough, guess what he did? He used Indiegogo to find his newer movie. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that it's just the way it is now. You know, I, I don't, I'm not going to go back to the way of trying to, you know, make movies off of $5,000 budgets anymore. I know, I right. know there's a lot of fans that'll be disappointed because that's what they want to see. Uh, but I, you know, that, that doesn't interest me anymore to, to do that kind of thing. I right. want to have the budget of, you know, shit, yeah. 20,000. I mean, and even that's nothing, you know, and some right. people on set, I think acted like, uh, you know, a $30,000 budget or so was like, so, you know, it's like we have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, no, not really. 30,000 goes pretty quick in terms of a, a movie right. budget. It's, it's not yeah. like, you know, I, I, the money trees here, people, yeah, you know what I mean? It's a, it's still yeah. a very, 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 very low budget film. Uh, yeah. but you know, with me and, and Steven's talents, we made it look, uh, a lot bigger than what it was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, uh, shout out to the, the cinematographer, man. I love the way the movie looked and, yeah, and, uh, also the different colors and just everything just really popped. And I really enjoyed it, especially this opening action sequence, man. This was a lot of fun. Like you just kicked it into high gear right in the beginning, you know, martial yeah. arts fighting during the credits. Yeah, that was actually uh, Steven's idea. That that scene is in the script, but it comes later in the script. That action yeah. scene to open the film. Right. Uh, that actually came later. It would have been, ended up being, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes into the film. So, something like that. But uh, right. Steven had an idea. And most of the time, I let people run with those. And then I either say yes or no kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but he ran with it. And I really thought it was cool what he did. He put it up front. The movie opens what you should expect out of an 80 style action picture with just action yeah. right off the bat. There's tits right off the bat. All that stuff happens right off the bat in the movie. Uh, blood, and I, there's blood right off the bat. Yeah, blood, people <laughs> getting shot, fight scenes, all that stuff is right off the bat in the movie. And uh, yeah, that uh, Stephen uh, can take the credit on that one. He's the one that kind of decided to edit it in that fashion where he put that uh, that scene up front. So uh, I think shout out to that. shout out to Big Stephen there. Yeah, uh, my favorite during all the carnage in the beginning is the clip slide to you picking it up, uh -huh. <laughs> putting 
putting it in the gun and taking out the dude there. That was great, man. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, the, the, the dude the, the dude I take out there is uh, uh, James Scott Charles Howes. He is uh, also uh, in one of my older films from about 10 years ago called Skull Forest. Uh, he is in that with some fake contact lenses, and he has kind of a, a, a weird accent in the film and stuff like that. Nice, nice. I, I've known James for a long time. He's a, he's a good man. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, definitely enjoyed the beginning. I was already smiling and enjoying myself. And yeah, it didn't go well for the villains here. Did not go well <laughs> for the bad guys. Uh, but but right after that, uh, you know, we're introduced to our other characters. But I got to point this out here. Is that, is that really Leo Fong right there? Yes, it is. Holy shit. Is it. That is Leo Fong from probably the the 40s, the late 40s, maybe wow. 50s, something like that. That is him. I, I had uh, said to Leo, I said, look, uh, we're going to give your character a boxing background. Because, I mean, obviously, he's a, a master in martial arts. But that's not where Leo started. Leo started right. in, in boxing. Uh, and I said, Leo, do you have any old photos of you uh, for that, that that I could use? And, and he said, then, you know, he said, then, of course, he's got a little bit of an accent because he's from Arkansas or, or raised in Arkansas. So uh, he's like, yeah, Len, I got, I got that. Let, let, let me send you some pictures, Len, and I'll, I'll get them right over to you. So he Facebooked me <laughs> all of his pictures that he, yeah. he said would be usable or that I could use in the film. And it was well, that's awesome. That that's awesome. Look, yeah. look at him, a badass right there. Even then, he was yeah. a badass. Look at that guy. Oh yeah, he, he's um, he's he's very missed. If I could have uh, one giant regret from this film, it's that Leo's not around to watch it with us. So uh, it, yeah. uh, it it hits me. I can keep it under control, but uh, he's a good man. I will miss our conversations very, 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 very much. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, fans of his can definitely watch and enjoy this movie and celebrate. You know, yeah. part think, of his legacy. If it's if it's one thing I could say to fans out there, um, if you think Leo's gonna be in an office room and then have a couple scenes spread out throughout the movie, you you won't. If you're a fan of Leo Fong's, I think you, you'll like Pact of Vengeance. I really do. He's in the whole movie. Uh, yeah. He's not in an office somewhere. He has a fight scene. He's kind, he's in the first scene of the movie and he's mm -hmm. all the all the way through. So he's uh, pr he's practicing and everything yeah, yeah. in the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. that was great yeah, so uh if you think leo's going to be one of those cameos uh you know of a star that's really not in it very much uh, that it was on set for uh you know a day or something no leo's leo's in the whole movie yeah i love it i love it and and it <laughs> what was was cracking me up a little bit about the colonel that's right the colonel was his character was he he was running shit. I was like, dude, yeah. Leo, he's almost like mob boss. Like, like. Yeah. yeah, when we developed the script, uh, that was actually uh, one of Corey Trim's uh, input ideas. I didn't go all in on some of his ideas, but some of them I did. And, yeah. and so then it's important to, to make it seem like Leo is still like running the show even if he's not out running around with uh, right, Monte right. or Peter or myself, it's a, uh, you know, it's uh, it's important. I think he thought for the fans to understand that Leo was still calling the shots and stuff like that. And yeah. And I think uh, that's fleshed out in this movie. I think. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Him just calling the shots. Uh, love the black roses shout out there uh, to the film, yeah. but yeah, you know, our, we got our colorful villains here. Just, just causing havoc, man, causing havoc. You know, and uh, man, didn't go well for them the first time. But of course, you know, any any good villain, they got to come back and uh, get revenge. That's a great shot right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of the lighting schemes I developed and then me and Stephen would talk about it, how we were going to do it on that particular scene or something like that. But uh, all the lighting schemes are all set and intentional. None of that happens by accident. 
uh, you know, so that that was all schemed out. The garage nice. we wanted teal and this, a teal and red and this, and it, I mean, it was all a pretty elaborate uh, garage lighting set. As we're in this giant, like oversized auto body garage kind of thing. So for those scenes, but uh, um, yeah, in terms of the black roses, uh, they all really I just kind of directed them on what I was looking for in their costumes and gave them the freedom to throw together, you know, what they had or what they wanted to. And most of them sent me pictures ahead of time, just, you know, a week or two ahead saying, here's my costume. This is what I'm wearing. Do you like it? Yes or no. And so it ran, that all ran pretty smooth. Yeah. Yeah. And they were they're brutal. <laughs> they were brutal, man, for sure. I think um, but so. yeah. John Cataline, who's uh, the main uh, uh, Black Rose in that scene in the garage, and he, he's in a good chunk of the film, uh, he actually got a Black Rose tattoo <laughs> during filming and stuff like that. So wow, that wow, great. wow. Yeah. I do not have one yet, but I, I'm an obliterator. I'm not a, That's uh, right. You're, I like that. I like that. That's right. That's right. You are an obliterator. Uh, but yeah, but going back on the... Uh, hey, I got my patch, too. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to represent the patch. That's right. I just need to get the start my vest designed by yeah. Corey trim again who uh like i mentioned before he helped me uh with some of the co-writing on this and uh, co-advisement uh, on writing on this and he uh designed the patch nice shout out to Corey again but going back to your uh you know the, the cinematography that i liked and you talking about the colors that you set up this is one of my favorite shots in the movie oh yeah 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 that's uh i believe that is independent wrestler who he's appeared on aew wrestling and stuff uh, uh pb smooth i believe is the uh, is the name of the wrestler i'm sorry if i got that wrong but i'm pretty sure it's pb smooth um, oh shit so you got more more aew guys in here oh yeah 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 there there was a few that did some like dates here and there for them but i nice. mean not like regular performers like right. obviously diamante and peter and stuff peter being one of the original uh, aew members uh, uh diamante came along not too long after that kind of thing so uh right you know, uh yeah there are lots of independent wrestlers from uh jason russo from pittsburgh uh does a lot of shows uh i forget what all the federations because a lot of these guys wrestle in a lot of different indie federations yeah there's a lot but that, I, I don't even want to attempt to say what he's the champion of right now but i know <laughs> he's champion in a federation i don't want to get it wrong so well shout uh, out to all those guys uh yeah, chipping yeah. in and help making the movie that's awesome man yeah yeah, everybody in that garage scene actually was all independent wrestlers, all of them. Uh, from oh, shit. Smooth to Jason Russo, who gets shot with a Uzi. Uh, uh, John Cataline, who they free, who's the who's the punk that uh, appears in many scenes throughout the film. But uh, yeah, they're, they're all independent wrestlers. Yeah, he he's he's really good That's in him. the film. Yeah, he's yeah. he did he did a great job in the movie. Just one yeah, of those, he's really good. One of those villains you love to hate. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I, I think John is one of those actors though that. Uh, you know, not tooting my own horn here by any means, but I don't know how else to say it, is uh, if you get the right director and the right story for him and the right director that can pull out that kind of performance, I think he's actually quite good. Um, but he does a lot of micro-budget indie stuff. So, gotcha. you know, you could see some things where maybe you're like, well, and, and this guy or whatever. Because, right. you know, I mean, some of them are what you would expect. They're yeah. you know, very, mm -hmm. very, 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 very micro-low-budget type things. And by that, I mean hundreds of dollar budgets is what it looks like. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think with the, the, the right uh, team and, and direction and stuff like that, uh, I, I think he's really quite good. And I, I think he steals a lot of the scenes that he's in in this film. He does. He does. Definitely. You kind of see him more. Is he the most you see out of the, the thug grunts? Um, probably aside from Greg Orsi, who has most of the lines and stuff like that, is the major leader of the Black Roses. I think other than him, it would be John Cattley, man, probably. 
Right. Let's uh, <laughs> another great uh, shot and and uh, color scheme here. Oh yeah. The whole, the whole drug den looked fucking awesome, man. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so when uh, when he uh, our, our actor here, what's his name again? That is Greg Orsi. He's actually a producer on this film as well. Well, shout out to Greg. Um, yeah, <laughs> did he uh, had to try out for the role as well? I, most people like auditions or sent me videos of them reading lines and doing things like that. Um, he came in a, a, independently a, as a producer on the film, but that had no bearing, obviously, on on casting or anything like that. Right. But uh, but uh, yeah, he had, he had read some lines. He, he got his he did his own outfits. Really, really impressive. Uh, he's the type of guy I really like to work with because he's motivated. Uh, he's yeah. very articulate, very uh, precise about everything he does. Nice. Um, I let him ad lib some stuff for his character. He would he would actually come to me and say, "Hey, Len, can I write the dialogue for my character in this scene?" And uh, I, I won't lie, not all of it made it in, kind of thing. But I used uh, good chunks of uh, a lot of his ideas and stuff in it for his character. He, he's he's exactly the kind of artist I, I want to surround myself with, though. He's he's really great. Nice, nice. But yeah, he's his the character he plays. <laughs> he's one of those that you just like. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to strangle him. Yeah, you know, you know uh, when I when I talked to Greg at, at first, and this is early in development when he's looking for some direction or what, and you know, you, you never try to copy stuff, or at least I don't. Uh, but I like to give people examples that they can go and watch something. You know what I mean? It's not like you're stealing this character. I want you to be just like this. But here's an example of a mix of villainy, but sarcasm and stuff that I want your your character to have. So I'll give him an example. Uh, the example I gave his character was uh, the villain in a film with the late Ray Liotta called uh, No Escape. Uh, oh, yeah. And the villain in that film is dangerous, yet he's funny and kind of awkward and sarcastic about things, has a yes. sense of humor, but yet is dangerous. And I said that, you know what, Greg, that's kind of the tone I want out of out of this character of Sid in Pact of Vengeance. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant because uh, we just did a whole review on uh, on No Escape here on the channel, not too yeah, long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it. yeah, it's just very underrated. We just had Agreed. so much fun talking about it. Uh, but yeah, man, there's definitely some dramatic cues in here. I mean, you, you have the you have the Death Wish three vibe, and it's definitely a fun film with with action sequences and violence and all the all the stuff we want to see. But yeah, there's some dramatic uh, mo scenes in here as well, and you even give uh, the Colonel uh, some moments here, especially in uh, in the hospital here. You give him a little moment. You know, where he's uh, concerned about his granddaughter after that Black Roses attack, man. So, yeah. So, hey, every every little bit helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the still shot you just showed of Leo in the hospital there, that is uh, um, that's actually on an actual Hollywood movie set. Uh, it is a hospital set that we had out in uh, uh, near Burbank. I want to say it was Maywood or something like that, wherever we were at. Out oh, there. wow outside of Burbank. And uh, yeah, they, they, it was a, a lot, if you will. They had maybe six, seven, eight different sets. They had a spaceship probably a hundred yards down from us or whatever. And there were all kinds of sets. It was really cool. Um, nice. but we were I, I had rented out their hospital set for the day and uh, that comes from there. So everything you see in the hospital was actually a legit Hollywood uh, movie set kind of thing. Wow. So it wasn't wow. something where we tried to use a science center and do the swamp zombies thing many years ago. Uh, <laughs> not, 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 uh, we're past that. So uh, yeah, right. we, right. we actually were out at the Hollywood movie set there. Well, I've, I've seen cool. a, a, a micro budget movie where the hospital was literally tarp 
Oh they no, just hung up tarp. Believe me, I've seen those. I, I, I <laughs> can probably name a couple. I won't, but I can name a couple where yes, I, it was it was tarp. Yes, it, it was black tarp. And, yeah, uh, it didn't. It looked like a just a card table that they put a sheet on and stuff. Yeah, and pretty much. On it and, uh, Oh yeah, I can I can name a few of those. <laughs> but that's all right. They're, to me, those things still have charm to them. That's yeah, the shit I would yeah. watch. You know, yeah. you know. I'm as long as it's entertaining. I always say that on the channel, from micro budget to big budget. As long as it's entertaining, that's all. Yeah, I'm and people ask me that. I still get questions. How do you make movies? Then how do you do this? How do you you know how how can I get started? Blah 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 blah. I got an idea. What do I do? Just shoot, man. Use your yep. phone. If you have to, I mean, phones can make movies now. People used to, that used to be an insult, you know, back in the day. I remember people mm -hmm. like, well, Enshot, Hellcat's Revenge on iPhone. And guess what? Joke's on you, player, because you can shoot a movie on your iPhone now and make it look damn good, actually. So, uh, that's right. Yeah, go figure. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, people, you know, they're afraid. I think people are afraid. They're afraid of criticism. They're afraid of that kind of stuff. They're afraid to put their work out there. But I got news for you it's performing arts. That's and, right. And if you're scared of somebody making fun of your work or I mean, people don't like Jaws. People don't I know. like Godfather. People don't like Leviathan. And that strikes me as really strange because I think it's awesome. People don't like movies. Like, people don't like Kickboxer. What's wrong with you? you know, I know. You know, <laughs> you know it's always going to be that people can't be afraid to put themselves out there. And right. I, I constantly tell those people that ask me that is, you know, fuck what people say, man, because the people that are going to be around, I've got fans of my works that were in this, that were aboard on the Swamp Zombie days, man. You know what I'm saying? So, and they're still watching my stuff fast forward, you know, 18 years later. So the people that will love you will love you for you. They don't That's right. care what you film on or what you do. They love your brain and your creativity and your ideas and obviously your films if, if you're doing that. So, you know, those are the people you want around in your life, man. You know, mm -hmm. I don't need the person that says, uh, well, well, Skull Force is the worst movie ever. I'm like, well, thanks for that really well thought uh, <laughs> review. That really helps me make a better film that you might or might not watch with your friends down the road. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? I don't even yeah. take anything like that into real consideration. I mean, you can't because it doesn't help you in any way. Right, um, right, right. So, but I mean, I think people are afraid to, to put their works out there like that. And they, they really shouldn't be. I, I, I think, you know performing arts, theater, stage, painting, drawing, film, whatever it is, uh, you're going to be subject to criticism. Uh, but that doesn't mean you still can't go out there and do what you love. And uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's right. Everybody watching right now, future filmmakers, listen to this man. That's right. Words of wisdom. That's how you do it. Fuck people. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, uh, uh, the internet is, is, uh, is the perfect place for trolls. Yeah. You know, oh, it, yeah. it, it really is. People get to hide behind keyboards. And mm -hmm. you know, I never bold anybody where I said, OK, you know what? You said Skull Force suck. You know what? Let's meet in Wisconsin, uh, you know, in the back lot of Red Letter Media Studios there. We'll put up a ring and uh, I'll beat the crap out of you. How about that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, but but uh, no, I didn't go the bull route there and stuff. But uh, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's you got to take those things in stride. Uh, let people enjoy the films for what they are. Mm -hmm. I, I think a, a discussion that can be had uh, and argued in so many different ways is is the Tommy Wiseau argument uh, with the room where he knew he was making a comedy. He's a comedic genius, or no, he tried to make a serious movie and just was a fuck up and finally accepted the right, fact right. that people enjoyed it. And I, I do, I have friends that think he's a comedic genius that meant to do uh, that on purpose. And you never like, know. I'm like, I, I doubt it, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, he failed at something, but 
came to the realization that people enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And there is something to be said for that. You have to give in at that point. Give in to the people that have found your work and enjoy it for whatever they think it is. It doesn't matter what you think it is. They're enjoying it for a specific reason. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's something. No, no, it's it's very well said again because uh, the star of Miami Connection uh, oh, sure. saw the movie like in theater with the with the cult festivals, and yeah. he was confused of why why people were laughing, <laughs> and then he got it, and then he embraced yeah. it, and now he enjoys it. I'm I'm glad he does because I know yeah. you're talking about YK Kim from mm-hmm. Miami. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he nearly bankrupted himself trying to do this thing and all this stuff, and uh, but you know what? If people haven't seen Miami Connection, which I think if you're watching this, you, you probably have. If got you a poster. I got a poster up here. <laughs> poster is amazing. But uh, uh, yeah, if you haven't, you should. Because really, I've went on record as saying this, and I'll still stand by it. It is probably my favorite like B movie uh, of all time. It really does oh. have everything. I would have liked to have seen maybe awesome. a little more more TNA and stuff in it, but. Right. Uh, I, I think it's really good. There's ninjas, there's drugs, there's karate, there's all, you know, there's everything. Everything is in Miami Connection. Um, but, you know, when people found that film and started liking it, you know, for what it was, uh, I got news for people. Miami Connection looks like Citizen fucking Kane compared to some of the micro budget stuff that gets onto Tubi and Amazon Prime and stuff like that. Preach. Citizen fucking Kane. So people think Miami Connection is like this bad movie or Plan 9 from Outer Space is this legendary bad movie. Uh, I got news for you, people. You have not watched very many micro budget cinema movies. <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's some really, 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 really bad stuff. And by bad, I don't mean film quality or acting or anything. I mean fucking boring, dude. Mm-hmm. Don't make a boring movie. If you've got no budget, just throw a bunch of TNA and, and, and some blood and guts in it. Don't be yeah. boring. Don't be boring. That's always been the worst kind of bad for me. Yes, boring. boring bland, generic bad. That's always the worst. Yeah. It's, yeah. Wow. Oh, man, having a blast talking, man. Miami Connection, baby. That's right. That's how we roll. It's in my wheelhouse, man. Yeah, yeah. man. Hey, that's hey. We think we think alike, my friend. <laughs> oh, I, I, I've got a Miami Connection T-shirt. I got a dragon. Oh, nice. I got a, I got a dragon sound T-shirt. Oh, I'm have, jealous. I go with Hot Boy Summer tonight for my boy Peter Avalon. So yeah, I, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm jealous. You got that dragon sound. I do. Maybe maybe Samurai guy can find it in size six X one day. <laughs> All right, here we go. I need to go on that Len Kabasinski diet. Uh, well, well, the Len Kabuzinski diet, I will tell you, it's it's quite simple. I, I'm probably 204-ish now. For the film, Pact of Vengeance, I was at like 220. Uh, and I decided that I just don't like being 220. So I cut down pretty quickly. I mean, I lost, after my last scene with Leo Fong in October of just last year, yeah. uh, that was it. I said, immediately, I'm cutting this, I'm cutting this, I'm cutting this, I'm cutting these calories out, blah, 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 blah. And I, I went down pretty quickly back down to like 210 where I hung around for a little while. And then within the last, I'd say 30 days or so, I decided I don't even like that. So, uh, uh, you know, it's the diet really consists of like yogurt and nuts for breakfast and that's it. So you'll be a little hungry, but, uh, you know, nothing great happens without some suffering probably. So, you know, nuts and yogurt, you know, I'll have a snack that's usually like Quest protein chips. I let, I really like Quest products. You can find them at Walmart and stuff, but okay. they're, they're, they're everywhere. Um, I had, I will say I was kind of addicted to Red Bull, like diet Red Bull, because I don't waste calories on drinks. People that want to lose weight, that's my first thing to them is do not waste calories on drinks. 
Um, you know, I mean, I'm having a Bacardi to relax at night, but through my day, I waste no calories on drinks. So uh, yeah. I, I've kind of shunned the diet Red Bull, which has just a, like 10 calories or whatever it is. Right, but, uh, right, right. Uh, I have went to The Rock, and I know The Rock doesn't need my money, but he does make a quality energy drink, which I believe is Zoa or something. All right, I need to people, – people keep telling me about Zoa. Zoa's like, good. It really yeah. is. I am impressed. And okay. this is somebody that's coming from, you know, I am a Red Bull snob. I'll only drink diet Red Bulls and stuff. But Zoa has won me over. Okay. Uh, the pineapple coconut. Yeah, that's oh, kind of my thing. That's my it. Point. I'm getting some Zoa right now. Non-sponsored. Non-sponsored. We're not sponsored. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, you can find that at Walmart and things like that. But yeah, I will yeah, say yeah. Walmart generally stocks four or five flavors, and there's way more than that. So uh, try it. But, uh, okay. but, yeah, I'll have an energy drink. I'm a coffee drinker. So, yeah. Uh, throughout my lunch, my lunch is pretty boring. Uh, I do like, uh, like I said, Quest products. So I might have a protein bar or something right, like that right. as a lunch. So you really have to suffer through your 8 a.m. to like 7 p.m. window. Uh, and then I'll have a normal dinner, which is usually rice and, and chicken. Okay. And like All that. right. Well, so, uh, after the stream, I'll, I'll hit you up with some some diet questions. You can give me some advice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a master at that because it's always evolving, always learning. Diet yeah. and bodybuilding type things. And I don't yeah. mean bodybuilding as a co competition type stuff, but I mean right. bodybuilding is just making a better body for yourself. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. I mean, I look better now than I did when I was, you know, 24 years old. So uh, it really Man. is a matter of finding out what works, what doesn't work. Those gotcha. Kinds of things. And it's yeah, samurai guy. I've been I've been back to being active, man. Doing walking, right. doing lifting. So, and uh, what I eat now is is good enough, I think. But still, it doesn't hurt to get some, you know, master land advice on the side. Okay. Absolutely. But yeah, let's so. let's get back to the movie, man. Yeah. So, how was it working with? This motherfucker, this badass. Yeah, yeah. John Michael Thor was awesome. He was aboard really since the beginning. And uh, with John, it was like he wasn't sure he could participate in it. And it, it kind of was, I could tell it was weighing on him because I was talking to him on the phone. We weren't like typing or texting or whatever. I was actually talking to him. And yeah. uh, I could tell he was like distraught about it. He wants to be involved. He wants to be on screen. I said, well, well, well hold on. Let's figure this out. Because he lives in British Columbia. He's in Canada. And at the time, you know, they can't, because of COVID rules and stuff, they couldn't, like, get out of Canada. Or if they did, they had to, when they went back into Canada, like, quarantine oh. for a month at a hotel. Oh, or something. Just crazy. There were, there were crazy rules. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, you know, John, let's, let's think about this. Um, what if, uh, and, and before this happens, let's backtrack. Uh, John is like, hey, let, let, let me write the soundtrack. I've done this before. Let me donate music to it and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, John. They, I mean, that's cool. Thank you. But I mean, I think people want to see you, you know? Yeah. And I think maybe that took him back a little bit, you know, because he hasn't done a ton of film lately and things like that. I think he really wants to get back into that element because he's always nice. in music. His album Alliance just came out, you know, less than a year ago, really, um, which, which is great. So, uh, or some of the songs that, that he yes. did for the movie on that CD. Yes, some, I'm somebody, buying it. I'm buying somebody, it. Somebody had just mentioned to me, uh, I believe on Twitter it was. I don't know. I'm pretty active throughout the social media stuff, but I believe yeah. it was Twitter. Somebody asked me uh, about, uh, is there a soundtrack to Pact of Vengeance? And I said, well, no, but there are a couple of the songs uh, that are on Thor's new album, Alliance, okay, cool. which, is, which is on vinyl. You're welcome. Go get the vinyl because it's more pleasurable. But uh, anyways, uh, it's on CD, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. Yeah, he uh, was going to do the soundtrack type stuff. And I said, well, I don't really want a soundtrack to come out because for me, that's just a pain in the ass uh, kind of stuff to do. 
but I said, you know, if you want to put songs in it, let me know what you're thinking. And and he said, well, I've got this song and this song and this song. And uh, we did that. And I said, well, Thor, what if you could film in Canada and we worked something out where, you know, we develop a crew, a small crew for you and shoot some stuff and go from there. And Thor got together what kind of resources he had. And he had a friend that had some great classic cars. Uh, I, I believe uh, Norm uh, McEwen is his name. I'm sorry if I said your name wrong, buddy. But uh, uh, Norm and his wife, uh, I want to say Tracy. Hopefully I got that right, guys. Uh, they had like classic cars, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, in, in one picture he actually sent me, I was kind of crushing because uh, I'm not a car guy. As you know me, I'm a motor, I'm a biker man. I, I like yeah. choppers and stuff. So, uh, But if I could pick one car I'd like to have in my lifetime ever since uh, the Don't Cry video where Slash drove it off a cliff from Guns N' Roses, I've always wanted a 1976 Ford Cobra. Uh, we have snakes. I own, you know, I have snakes at my house. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I like that stuff. I like reptiles. They like dinosaurs, man. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, so I wanted a Ford Cobra and he had one in a picture and I'm like, Thor, in this scene, John, we got to get that Ford Cobra in there. And he's like, oh, no, he sold that one. So, but oh. I mean, he's got, he's got amazing cars that appear in the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. So he had a Thor had some resources. Uh, his friend had access to like theatrical weapons that they painted and, and decorated uh, backgrounds and certain sets for him and stuff. So so they really shot three or four scenes. Uh, that's all in Canada there, right there. So, uh, wow. yeah, he's a super awesome man. I, I really, I hope to work with, with John again soon. And, uh, you know, I was talking with him on the phone and, and he's like, well, then I really see this as kind of an alliance between what I do with Vulcan sky films and killer wolf films that I, that I do. And I thought, man, this is, this is so cool because, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, if Thor wants to come back to, to cinema, I'm your man to do this. Hell Thor. yeah! So, well, let's uh, let's run with this. And yeah. you know, we talked about he's uh, his music is signed on Cleopatra Records. That's what Alliance, his, his new album, is on. And uh, they also have a film division. Now, people, before they they laugh and stuff, uh, the new Danzig films are on the Cleopatra label. They produce them. Now, I know. I know I have not seen Death Rider, but I have seen obviously Veronica. And it, right. It is what it is. It we'll is just, what it is. Yeah. We'll leave it, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's not very good, and I'll leave it right. at that. But okay. at the same time, that's a million dollar budget film that was produced by the studio. What? Yes. It was produced by Cleopatra, who also has a film division aside from their records label, which is obviously wow. what we're more known for. So I went through and I researched stuff they were signing and stuff, and I said, Thor. Uh, John, uh, John, maybe we should pitch Pact of Vengeance to them when it's ready, because uh, if they're producing their own films, uh, give me a third of the budget of what you gave Danzig. And yeah. one, I'm going to show you a better movie because I'm going to show you Pact of Vengeance, which is a better movie. I'm sorry, but it is. It uh, is. <laughs> uh, you know, it's better than Veronica. And I don't know about Death Rider, but, you know, I'll 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 put Pact against any kind of indie film right now. Uh, that, that's doing that kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and, and who knows, maybe uh, Cleopatra is interested in maybe producing the next killer wolf film. And I think that would be a good thing. It would increase our budget, get Thor back into things in a quality production. And, and, and uh, that's kind of our goal. I really hope something can be worked out where we, uh, we end up signing the film with a company that's producing their own things gotcha. uh, and, and gotcha. then can bring me aboard as a director on a project, because I would love to do a sequel and pitch a sequel to Pact of Vengeance.
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I love that at the end of the movie. You know, the obliterators will return. I was just like, <laughs> oh shit. Fingers yeah, crossed. Who knows? John, John wants to take Leo's uh, spot. I had spoken to him about it, and he would uh, move into the Leo role, basically. Oh, he's perfect. He's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Hey, John. John, if you're watching this, brother, you were great in the movie. Got to see you again, my friend. Kick ass. Right. Take names. You got to do it with Len. Let's go. Yeah. And more sure music. That. More music. <laughs> I, 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 I would be taken back if I did not mention this. Uh, two of his bandmates uh, from Thor are in Pact of Vengeance. Uh, they are guitarist John Liebel, Liebel. Sorry if I said that wrong, John, but I'm talking about you. Uh, John is in the film along with Ted. And I, I my, my last name's Kapasinski, man. People get it wrong all the time. So I, I hope it's Jerry Licky. Uh, Ted uh, also is on a song on the soundtrack with Thor that he wrote. Uh, I, I believe uh, it is the Pact of Vengeance actual theme song uh, for the film. So, I love uh, it. Yeah. I want to give him a ringtone. That's my yeah. ringtone. <laughs> so, so both Ted and John appear in the film. Ted's just a, he's a good motherfucker, man. He's, he's just a good dude. He got shot and laid on a table for like three hours while we're doing other stuff. And, you know, his character's dead, but he's seen in like all the shots as a dead guy laying on a table. He's so, a true, he was a trooper. A real trooper. Yeah, a trooper. But they, they were some cool dudes, man. And nice. uh, I really hope to work with them both again. Better watch your back. Yeah, love yeah. Written, that was written by Ted, I believe. So Love uh, yeah. it, love it. Uh, here's another... They actually, not to interrupt you, my friend, but they actually appear in that uh, black light drug den uh, shootout at the end of the movie. Okay, so that was them. Okay. okay. Yeah, that was Ted and nice, John. They were in nice. that scene, yeah. He had the pistol out and he had the shades, right? Yes, correct. Yes. Nice, John. nice. John. Okay. John. Cool, and cool. Ted kind of looked like kind of a, a tall, lankier, bikerish kind of kind of guy. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, another one of my favorite shots in the movie. That was pretty badass right there. Uh, Getting... Well, thanks, because uh, uh, this was literally shot in my friend Ruth's uh, garage. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, hey, it works. There, there's probably laundry sitting next to our my right there or something. But, you know, we said, I said, you know what? I need something that would be with no windows. And that, that's what we wanted that to look like, that scene, actually. We wanted it to be overhead lighting, just like that. That's exactly what we wanted uh, in terms of lighting. Uh, but I wanted it to be black, black all around us kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, we, we, I think we pulled it off. I don't know. That's not for me to say. I hate saying that because it's always up to the audience and the viewer. Uh, but I'm pretty happy with uh, the lighting. Len, Len, I'm the audience. <laughs> oh, speaking of Cobra, you mentioned Cobra earlier. Was this a Cobra shout out? It was. Hell it was. yeah. Uh, 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 Samurai guy, I knew you would get it. I knew it. Yes, it was a Cobra shout-out. Yes. So anybody that likes uh, B-movies, because let's face it, Cobra really is a B-movie. It's just on a massive budget kind of yeah. thing. But it's a yeah, B-movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a shout-out to Cobra. Nice, nice. Yeah, I love that. Uh, this area right here, where's this location at? That is in, That is actually the side of a public access television station in oh. Erie, Pennsylvania. Wow. Um, I had used it a couple times because they're obviously very filmmaker-friendly. Um you know that that's all around that area i actually used the inside of right around this where the building part that you're looking at you would walk around it and go to the left and you go actually into like a garage that into that garage i actually filmed hellcats revenge 2 uh inside it and we made it a prison like waiting room kind of thing where she's nice. talking on the phone to a uh, an actor in, in a prison sequence so yeah we've used it a couple times they're really filmmaker friendly 
And in this time, it just it made it look inner city and stuff, which it is. I mean, this is downtown Erie, Pennsylvania. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's outside of a public access television station. Wow. Check that out. But I, I really I, I really enjoy shots like this because it was reminding me of the Warriors. <laughs> a little bit of the Warriors, a little bit of the Streets of Rage. Oh, I Video love game it. fans right I, there. I, that's my Streets of Rage 2 was my jam, dude. I dude, play that all the time. Favorite Sega Genesis game. Yeah, have you, played, uh, have you played four? I have not because I'm not much of a video game guy now because I'm yeah. just busy with everything else. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I played uh, shit, whatever it was, thirty years ago or so. Yeah, it's Streets of Rage Two was one of my go-to games. My brother would always pick the bare knuckle blonde guy, uh, Axel. Axel. Yeah. He, my brother was always Axel. So yeah. people think I would be him, but I, I wasn't. I was actually Max Thunder, who I like to just suplex people. I just yeah, like, I, yeah. I like just the idea of being angry and suplexing people. So it's fun. It, it is driving. fun. Power driving. Speaking of, speaking of power driving, uh, <laughs> big shout out to uh, Diamante doing the yes. flipping power bomb. I was yes. like, what? Well, the, the code red, I believe is oh, what excuse, it's called. Excuse me, the code red. I'm sorry. Yes. The code red is a, uh, one of Diamante's, although now she's turned into like a submission wrestler now too and stuff. Oh. Uh, funny story, who she is wrestling there. I try to always match them up with other indie wrestlers because then they tend to work well together. Right. So I had matched her up in that sequence with an indie wrestler uh, named Marcus Knight, the spotlight. Um, and Marcus Knight, I was telling him, uh, you know, Diamante, I think I, if, if you guys both can convince me this can be done safely, I will let mm. you do it. Okay. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't in the original fight choreography, but I could I could see Diamante Priscilla. I could see her eyes light up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, Priscilla, if you can tell me this is safe, we have a fall match and stuff like that. If you want to use it, because we're in a, a warehouse with a, a hard floor and stuff. Um, but Marcus Knight seemed like it was doable. Diamante uh, Priscilla said it was doable, so they kind of convinced me to let them do it, uh, and they did it like four times in in raw footage. And uh, yeah, I think it worked out. Nice. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> first she did that low blow. I was like, right, oh, she's yeah, right. setting something yep. up. Yep. She's setting something up. Oh, and there you go. Boom, cold red. Yeah, nice. I, 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 I hope the, I hope they enjoy it. But yeah, we're, we're in actually the PACA, which is a performing arts center. It's like six stories high in downtown PA. And we used it for a lot of this film. The film doesn't happen without them. So thank you, Market Packa, very, very, very much. The movie can't be done without you. Thank you for your generosity to, uh, to me and, and my crew here. But, uh, uh, you know, that was filmed there. And it's it's so huge. The building's so huge. I mean, different areas of the building were used, uh, you know. So really, we were at Packa for many, many days because it's so huge. Yeah. The uh, scene where it's like a sound stage, very colorful in the background and everything. It's like a... Uh, they do concerts there and stuff, but oh, uh, that was used in a scene when Lisa Neld uh, is tied up in a chair and captured by the villains and stuff. That's the same building and stuff. It's crazy all the different looks you get by being in one space. So uh, it was really, really helpful. Uh, like I said, in L.A., uh, the hospital obviously was in L.A. set. The uh, karate dojo fight scene for Leo Fong was in L.A. set. Uh, uh, donated to us by Jeff Jeds. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you. Um, so certain areas like that were, were done, but uh, yeah, it was it was good times. Uh, we're always busy. You try to do an indie film in, in a mat. The shooting schedule to this, I guess, was probably I don't know twenty days total, maybe. Oh wow, some, some, something like that. If that, yeah, yeah. Some somewhere around then. Um, yeah. 
because we had started in June of last year. So a little, little over a year ago at this time. Uh, and we did like a four or five day block in June. Then we came back in August with another uh, uh, block that was like a week in a row. And that's when Priscilla and uh, Diamante and uh, Peter Avalon and stuff are, are, you know, in Erie filming with us. And then in August, we go out for a few days with Leo and, and shoot him. So, so yeah, I think in total, it would have been right 17, 18, 20, so somewhere in, in there in terms of shooting days. Nice, nice. Well, was this a set as well? That is a set. Yes, that is an actual, well, on location. That is actually at the King's Rook Club, which is a uh, tri-level uh, entertainment facility in Erie, Pennsylvania. So uh, the school bus scene and the pool hall, which is attached to the what you're looking at right there. Uh, I've used it before. I've used it in Hellcat's Revenge, the first one. Uh, and I used it in Angel of Reckoning. Uh, so it, it's nice. very, it, you get to have really cool looking stuff. Uh, it's really multi-purpose. So, uh, yeah, I've used it a couple times in different films now. Nice, nice. That's it's time. It's time for an eight ball brawl, baby. Yeah, that, right. that, that, yeah, that, that song was written by John, uh, Leibel, uh, Thor's guitarist. He wrote Love that. I, I think he's pretty proud of that one. So, uh, yeah. So I have to ask you, how big is this dude on the right? Oh, PB's a giant guy. He, Holy he's, shit, man. He's, he's probably, you know. Peter's probably right around my height. I might be a tiny bit taller than him, but not much. And I, I'm about six one ish. But when I wear my boots, obviously I've worn cowboy boots my whole life, so it makes me a little taller. But uh, uh, PB's got to be six nine, ten. So, wow. so he's, he's a giant dude, but he's a real cool dude and and uh, real chill. Uh, you know, he's he's cool. I, I I would work with him again. I know he's nice. trying to get more into filmmaking and things like that so uh he's got a good look for it and he's yeah. got the work ethic for it so mm -hmm. uh i really hope uh he has success in it and if i can help him in some way i i would love to do that hell yeah hell yeah i really enjoyed the bar fight man <laughs> no, no, those are all uh bud uh, crandall who uh, goes uh, by black sheep uh, is an independent wrestler and champion independent wrestler uh, I've known Bud for a long time. He he was in my films uh, Apocalypse, Female Warriors, and Windigo, Bound by Blood. I, I've known Bud for I don't know twelve uh, years or so now, at least. Uh, uh, just a just he's very quiet, uh, but he, he's such a good man. And uh, behind him is is another independent wrestler, Dave Dave Tracy, who nice. I want to say he's out of Buffalo, but I'm not sure. But uh, he's around this area. But again. I'm matching up other wrestlers with Pete that would work with Peter. And I feel it all, it worked out all pretty well. Peter's really an amazing uh, athlete uh, in terms of kickboxing. He's had experience in that. And uh, it, it's funny that that day on set, he's like, you know, then I, for my other film, I, I did this film where I'm tied to a car and they drive around town and, and, and I'm flipping off a building and all this kind of, I'm like, Peter, you're not going to do any of that. <laughs> this is all you're going to, I'm going to give you this gun and you're going to shoot people with it. And uh, then you're going to kick and punch a bunch of people. And, uh, uh, and you're going to break this guy's finger in the garage. But uh, other than that, yeah, he, he's so cool. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's what you would expect. That That's what I would expect out of somebody like you, Samurai guy, a uh, chill California laid back, chill guy. You just, that, that's Peter. He's exactly nice. what you think he would be. Um, awesome. Awesome. Well, this fight, this fight was fun. Definitely, but my favorite part of it was you just chilling. <laughs> That's hilarious, yeah. dude. 
You're just yeah. chilling watching. He's like, oh, Peter's got it. Peter's got it. I'm going to just chill over here and get a couple of drinks. I was rolling, man. Yeah, uh, and, and that that was intentionally written that way, too, because, yeah. uh, you know, I want to give those guys their moment to shine in the film as well kind of thing. I didn't want to do anything that would upstage them. I'm not the star of this movie kind of thing. Uh, I might direct it, so you know, stay on my good side if you can. But, but I mean, right. you know, uh, I'm joking. But but yeah, uh, it's those guys' time to shine. Diamante has her moment. Leo has his moment. Peter Avalon has his moment. And then at the end, we come in a group ensemble, and then uh, everybody has has their giant action scene kind of thing at the end of the film. There. Speaking of Diamante having her moment, uh, this was cool. Yeah, and yeah, then, and that's real. There's no digital right there. There's oh nothing. shit, that's completely legit. That fire, uh, that that was done at my cousin Mark Thompson. Thank you, Mark. Uh, it, out at his auto body garage because uh, he was a uh, uh, state ranked like uh, race car driver and stuff, dirt track race car dude. Uh, his whole family's uh, been into that forever, and they're all really good at it. But uh, uh, he said, "Well, I, I got a blowtorch out there and stuff." And then my wheels started to spin there a little bit. And I thought, "Well, <laughs> can you come show us how to use this blowtorch safely?" And because uh, and Priscilla was all about it, obviously. Yeah, just give it to me. Priscilla's really into cars, which I I didn't know. Uh, she's awesome. She's a cool chick, and uh, yeah, all that was real. Mark essentially, uh, my cousin, he got the blowtorch working and stuff handed it to Diamante, showed her the valve on it when you, she can turn it and the, the, the flame will spit out of it and stuff. All that's legit. It's all, wow. in, you know, all in camera, all of it. Was this a, a little shout out to Exterminator? No, but I can it's... see why people would say that, but not, not intentionally. No. Okay. okay. Seeing it now in the 80s connections that the film has and the vibe and stuff, I could see that. I really do yeah. like that film a lot. I think the special effects in the first one are really underrated, especially when the burnt guys in the bed in the in the one scene. Uh, yeah, but no, not not intentionally there. All right, let's keep it rocking and rolling here. Now we have this scene here, great fight scene here with all of you, where the thugs make the biggest mistake ever going in there <laughs> to try yeah. to fuck with Leo Fong. That was a big mistake, and they had to learn the hard way. Um, but my favorite part about this for the computer. My favorite part about this fight is not only was the fight choreography good, oh, and it also showed uh, Leo uh, doing what he does best as well, but what I really liked about the fight, Len, was the sound design, bro. Yeah, and the sound design, I think, was a mix of, uh, again, Steven Steinbacher, the post-production coordinator, and he brought in a sound guy. Uh, I'm sorry the name escapes me because I've never met him or even talked to him. It was somebody Steven brought in. Um so he brought him in to do this, and I'm not sure who would have actually done this part. I'm assuming it was him, but if it wasn't, it was probably Steven just laying in sound at that point. But uh, but yeah. You feel the hits, you know, the sound effects of them just moving around. It's like perfect. It's like martial arts movie, man. And I, and I, I was you took the words out of my mouth there. I was going to say, you know what? That, that harkens back to martial art movies of the 70s and 80s with those kinds of sounds and stuff that, that come through on it. Um, I'm just, uh, I won't get too emotional about it, but I, I'm, I'm happy I, I got to give Leo his moment kind of thing. Uh, oh, yeah. This is something, uh, his films and stuff are, were obviously personal to him. He worked really, really hard on them. Uh, but he, he was also aware of, of what he was doing. You, you know, even when we're working with him out there, he's 93 years old. He's sharp as a tack, mentally wow. sharp as a tack stories out out the butt just crazy stories of filmmaking and 
and filmmaking in LA in the, the, the early seventies and things like that, when he's doing murder in the Orient with Ron Marchini, or he's doing, uh, uh, you know, in, enforcer from death row and things like that. And, uh, just, just the stories and the sharpness of them were just amazing. And, uh, to, to be able to still do a scene like that, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad we got to do it. And, uh, yeah, he, he's, he, he, he was an amazing dude. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I enjoyed this, uh, action uh-huh. sequence as well that I cannot show <laughs> for reasons. Uh, but there was a lot of great cinematography. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, in it, I appreciate it, especially the lighting. So, sorry, guys. You're going to have to watch the movie to, to see the scene. That, is, yeah. that, that is the great Lisa Nild, uh, Playboy uh, cover model there. Uh, Lisa Nild, who I've worked with several times. I started working with her way back in the Skull Forest days. Uh, and then most of my films since then, she's had you know some decent roles. Uh, some bit parts, like an Angel of Reckoning and stuff. But then, you know, a, uh, Hellcat's Revenge kind of you know developed, and, and she was the lead there. Uh, it, as Kat in both of those films. And uh, yeah, uh, Lisa's great. I, I love her family, you know, Jimmy, herself, her, her daughter, uh, Abby, is in the film uh, with an absolutely kick-ass costume. Her daughter, Abby, is a Black Roses. She gets uh, killed by Diamante in the film, which uh, I, I kind of on purpose choreographed that way because she really loves professional wrestling. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that. yeah. So uh, Lisa told me, well, I feel like I'm mom of the year now because you know, <laughs> you've got my daughter in a scene with Diamante and stuff. So, nice. um, you know, yeah, she kicked ass, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that scene that was filmed, uh, we purposely or I purposely chose uh, my friend's Roos house for this, who, who uh, associate produced a lot of my earlier pictures. Uh, but, you know, on a film like this with the budget, I'm able to give people something uh, in yeah. terms of payment. So I thought, here's my chance to at least give my friends uh, something. So I said, you know, I can give you X amount. Let me use your your, your townhome for, you know, the afternoon or whatever. And we filmed that whole scene and probably, I don't know, seven hours, maybe something wow. like that. So but that scene, my friend, is a nod to one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, his name is not pronounced Cheerio, even though I will say it sometimes. It is not. Can I guess? Can I still, guess? You, you sure can. Godfrey Ho. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it okay. is not. I'm but just that was a hail mary. But it uh, a little bit better quality movies than Godfrey Ho, but still has <laughs> done a lot of B movies and stuff like yeah. that, especially for Roger Corman. His name is Serio H Santiago. He did a movie oh. called Dune Warriors. Uh, yeah, he's done tons and tons of movies. Well, anyways. He had done a movie uh, called Angel Fist with the late Kat Sassoon. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he probably directed Firecracker, which is very similar to it. But anyways, there is a topless fight scene with the heroine uh, of those films. And I thought, you know what? This is my chance to, to really give a nod to people I respect in, in movies that I really enjoyed growing up. So, uh, yes, it is a nod most to Angel Fist, nice, which is probably nice. 1990 ish early 90s nice nice hey wheels of fire is legit man yeah i, I like all that stuff yeah and uh the richard norton movies those are those are a lot of fun oh yeah, uh, yeah. well he worked with him several times but yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i enjoyed those post-apocalyptic films dune warriors sure. i really enjoy I, in fact i've got the dune warriors theatrical poster 27 oh, by 41 shit. hanging in my basement right now so. oh shit nice oh, yeah. nice gotta represent man gotta represent dc but... Carradine's my man <laughs> love that dude but um Right around, um, I think it was a, about an hour into the film, or a little bit after, uh, I was like, oh, shit. 
is the finale going to be this long? Because I was like waiting for the big finale while when I was watching the movie. And I was like, oh, shit. I think the finale is going to be, you know, it's going to scratch the motherfucking action itch. It's going to be lengthy. It's not going to be like two minutes. We're in and out and we're done. And it's credits. No, I'm no. like, oh, we, we, we got a shot here of, of a really long, lengthy, but entertaining uh action finale man and i yeah. really enjoyed it man everybody had their Thanks. chance to shine yeah and again the, the chance to shine thing was intentional um with it uh it was intentional between me and steven steinbacher i had said that you know in this finale i want chaos i wanted to jump back and forth and back and forth between different between uh jan and, and leo on the rooftop between diamante and peter uh, you, you know, all different areas. I wanted to jump around a lot and be really cha at a chaotic finale. Uh, and I, I, I think we, uh, we did what we had to do there. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, man. It was satisfying. Definitely satisfying. Not to interrupt you, but uh, sure. also a lot of the firearms in the film, you know, I said, if we could hit certain markers on Indiegogo with raising funds and stuff that I would get like legit theatrical weapons and stuff. And I know it's been a hot topic since the Baldwin thing happened a while back there, but, uh, or I guess recently in the grand scheme of yeah. things, but, uh, uh, you know, what I essentially got were expensive fireworks, which are non-guns. The, the, the action is like a real gun, meaning... Right. Uh, if we were in a spot where a gun would jam or something like that, not that particular gun in that picture, but uh, they're all nine millimeters basically, but we did have a, a couple Uzis, uh, which Diamante has in that shot. Um, all the action is like the real weapon. So uh, if you've ever fired a nine millimeter, if you've ever fired an Uzi, just the range of screwing around, uh, the action's real. If you were to take the gun apart and clean it, it just like a real gun, wow. all the action is completely real to the real thing. Except when you go to load the ammunition, load the clip in, slide it back, get ready to fire. It's essentially an, it's essentially an expensive firework. Gotcha. It, cannot, it cannot fire a projectile. Okay. Uh, what it does fire essentially is the flash. So right. all the flashes you see, that's 100% real. That is not penciled in in post. All wow. those flashes were really happening in time uh, while we're filming. That's awesome, man. It yeah, works. you know, works. I want to do. I want to do improve. Uh, yeah, you know, some people think, well, Len just loves doing movies and he films shitty movies. No, I try to improve on things, and I, I think one of the things I really disliked, even though it wasn't a predominant feature in Hellcat's Revenge Two, uh, was we all all the gun stuff was like penciled in, all the muzzle flashes and right. stuff. I, I right, really right. hated the look of it, and I know everybody tried their best. Everybody, oh, that that's not the knock here. The knock is yeah. I just like it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. so. I said to improve on this film, I want to get some legit theatrical stage weapon kind of stuff that would fire the flashes and stuff. And and that's what we went for. And all the, this stuff you're posting, that this is all like legit in-camera flashes that happened. Wow. Yeah. That is awesome, man. That they is eject, awesome. The, the shells eject, the muzzle flashes, everything's real. It just can't fire a projectile. Are a lot of uh, movie companies doing this as I well? I doubt it. No? I doubt it. But I mean, hell, I just did it on a... $38,000 budget film. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the excuse? So yeah, well, it looks great. That's all that matters. It looks great. Well, Uzi's, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not a gun nut by any means, but I'm not anti-gun either, but you know, you load the Uzi's up and you know, I had, I got extended clips on those Uzi's, which are 24, 25 rounds. Uh, but you know what? You pull the trigger, you're as Diamante or Peter could tell you, you blow through those rounds in about two seconds so <laughs> if, if, if that it's that's your, it your clips dry so <laughs> yeah it's uh it's cool wow 
but yeah, definitely very satisfying finale, man. And I enjoyed this fight you had with uh, Mr. Smooth right here. Great fight. You did a little Superman punch on you too. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, that was all that that was all in the choreography. Uh, some things we had to adjust because actually on set this day, we kind of finangled it a little bit so you really can't super tell, but it was raining. Uh, and, and we were kind of battling sprinkling rain here and there and here and there. Uh, oh, okay. Try to match other stuff. And I mean, with coloring and post and stuff, I, I think we matched it pretty well that you don't really tell. Um, but yeah, we were we were battling that kind of stuff. So certain maneuvers couldn't be done, blah, 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 blah. But uh, it, it all happened good. So I, I just didn't want him to like slam me against the wall super, super hard. So <laughs> I was like, put your hands on me and you go to throw me against the wall. But from there, your hands are just on me. I'm right. the one actually throwing myself on the wall. Your hands just stay on me for the ride kind of, kind of, kind of thing. So that's yeah. theater choreography 101. Yeah, right? safety first, though. That's you know, right. You want to keep filming. Well, uh, but yes, yeah. he, he would break my neck, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, very entertaining, satisfying uh, finale. And our boy here, Leo, was even fucking dudes up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's right. That's right. Get him, Colonel. Well, that's what right. influenced me there actually uh, actually would have been uh, Rambo 4, the one that was made in 2008, where at the end, you know, Rambo's into the action, but, you know, he's, he's a 62, 63-year-old man at that right. point. Uh, so he gets on the turret gun and just starts blasting people with the, the, the in a great scene. I love that movie really a lot. I, I love that. That's five stars movie. Five out of five. Yeah, stars. I, I absolutely love it. I love it. I love it. In fact, I just watched it a week ago. But uh, uh, yeah, I absolutely love that movie. Uh, but I thought, you know what? I need to give Leo a moment like this. So yeah, the sniper rifle. That was obviously stuff that was filmed in California. That's on a green screen. Um, his stuff there. And uh, yeah. Boom. It, it, it was cut back and forth. Uh, that that gentleman there that, that had the headshot, yeah, Caleb is his name. Uh, he, he's a veteran, and uh, he's uh, really cool because I think he thought that he damaged one of my prop guns one day uh -oh. or, or something happened, and it, the prop gun wasn't working properly, and I think he thought that he might have done it by accident or something like that. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. I've got all this stuff here. This isn't the time to – well, what 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 that gentleman did – unbeknownst to me when I was not looking was he went and got the gun completely took it apart to pieces and put it back together and fixed it. I mean, wow. how cute, how cute is that? Wow. <laughs> but he did and it works perfectly. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really, I had a great cast and crew for this. Uh, and you can't do a movie like this independently without some, some great people involved. And uh, I certainly had that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, man. Definitely enjoyed uh, the finale and of course the the uh, the setup for a sequel because I'm like let's go let's oh. go man <laughs> I'm all in I'm all in fingers crossed for, uh, yeah, uh, for so the obliterators to return yeah you know we talked about it and I thought well let's just see you know what if Cleopatra would sign this what if they were interested in producing something what would I do or something and I I think this is not I haven't even wrote written a page of it yet. But I think if I went there, uh, I think I would want to do some kind of recon rescue mission or yeah. a very escape from New York-ish. They're, they're rescuing a senator's daughter in Central America or something. And, you know, we could film it in the Philippines or something where our dollar would go further. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, even today, if you have a $500,000 budget in the Philippines, that's really like you have a, a $6 million budget there. So uh, it goes a long ways. So I would like to go film in a place like that or something. And uh, But we'll see. 
lots of ideas. Everything's on the table at this point. If somebody came in and said, hey, Len, I'd love to take a shot at writing the sequel to The Obliterators, go for it. All, all I can say is no. Uh, you know, I, much like people when they turned into stuff for me in the past, it was like, uh, you can write anything you want to me that normally I write my own stuff. So sorry if I don't use it or, you know, don't get around to reading it or whatever yeah. it is. But, uh, you know, if somebody said, Len, let me take a shot at writing a, a Pact of Vengeance 2, go for it. So, you know, at this point, nothing's been written. So, uh, but I know Thor's interested, obviously, in it at this point as COVID things are kind of lightening up here and there. Maybe he can get out and, and, and again, he'll, he'll be a predominant part of the, of the sequel. And uh, that, that's kind of what I'm hoping. But uh, yeah. lots of great people involved. Uh, I, 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 you can't really say everybody because you always forget somebody and then you feel like a dickhead when you do. Uh, so really thanks to all my cast and crew. A lot of photos that you posted uh, are courtesy of Emily Struther, uh, who did a lot of the still photography that's posted all over and promo stuff and oh, things nice. for movies. So very talented artist. So uh, thank you. Um, you know, so but you're always going to miss people and, and, and thanking people and stuff like that. But, uh, 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 you know, there, there, there's so many uh, throughout throughout the years in filmmaking to come to this kind of thing. That's my biggest budget picture for, for what I do in micro budget indies. Uh, you know, you're always going to, you know, forget those people. Steven Steinbacher was amazing. The best phone call uh, I really made. Uh, everybody was great. Uh, Gordon Davies, who, who I worked with on uh, as a digital effects artist on uh, Challenge of Five Gauntlet. So he 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 is a Leo Fong, a Killer Wolf Films veteran. He's worked with Leo a couple times as digital effects artist. Uh, uh, all those people, executive producer Malia Mann, who the film can't happen with without her hard work and stuff towards this movie. Uh, nobody worked harder. So uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's been a real blessing to put something like this together. So far, the response is good, but like I said, it's only released on Patreon. So when I go to places like Letterboxd or, or something with people that have reviewed the film, I mean, it, it just sounds like a bunch of like family and friends have reviewed it and stuff. And, and, mm. and that's great. I appreciate that. But at the yeah. same time, that's not who I want reviewing the film. I want unbiased right. people that watch right. it, that don't know anything about it, that just go and watch the film and then tell me what you thought. You know what I mean? I'm sure yeah. my mom, God rest her soul. I love you. I miss you every day. But I'm sure my mom would, would love this movie. <laughs> it's the kind of shit we would have watched together many years ago now. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want my mom reviewing the movie. I know you're going to love it no matter how stupid it is or something. But uh, <laughs> you know, I really want those unbiased reviews. And gotcha. there, there's yeah. not a ton of them up yet. I know one one review said uh, our audio uh, was Birdemic quality, so uh, that that kind of hit me in the heartstrings. But I knew uh, I knew there's some audio things. However, uh, they apparently are being corrected. Uh, oh, great! The, the final stuff is supposed to be uh, turned into me uh, soon. Here, like I said, any day now. Uh, if yeah. for some reason it's not, I'm still getting back my stuff and I will figure it out and we'll correct the audio because uh, I really didn't have an opportunity to do that. Uh, it was so close to the deadline of, you know, July 1st, it released to Patreon uh, and people on Patreon are like, well, why isn't it downloadable yet or something? But it, it will be. I just want to make sure you have the best one. So, uh, you know, when it's finalized, it'll go to Indiegogo. It'll go. You nice. Know, people nice. have it already. But uh, the yeah. final, final version. The final version. Yeah. Everybody, everybody too. There, there's not a ton of audio stuff. It's really just mastering some levels and things yeah. like that, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, video-wise, everything's ready to roll. It's just some audio leveling and mixing and stuff. And, uh, you know, 
It'll be done soon. Will, th will there be a Blu-ray release, DVD, or digital only? I haven't or thought about that yet because now a lot of companies are releasing Blu-ray where in the past they didn't. Uh, distribution companies I would sign with were just doing DVDs or things like right. that. But now a lot of different ones are doing Blu-rays and things too. So uh, I will see who the film signs with and then okay. go from there kind of thing. Yeah. I'd buy it on Blu-ray, man, for sure. Well, this was actually filmed in 4K, so oh. uh, you you might see something where maybe I try to retain uh, the 4K Ultra HD rights, and I put out my own 4K, oh, and then shit. A, a distributor puts out a Blu-ray. Okay, HD, uh, even better, and that's all their their thing stuff. So hey, maybe Miami I, Connection, Miami Connection's on 4K now. So hey, let's go. <laughs> right. uh, before we wrap it up, though, Lynn, uh, I just I just wanted to point this out. So I'm enjoying the movie. Had a blast with it, and I kept watching the credits uh, because I was enjoying the music so much. <laughs> I was enjoying the soundtrack, so I kept watching the credits, just enjoying the soundtrack. And it was it was going it was scrolling up, and I was having fun. I wanted to see the names of some of the songs because I enjoyed a lot of the music in the film. And I saw that you were you 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 were thanking everyone like towards the end, all your patrons and people that help you know get the movie up up and going. And uh, I was like, awesome, this is cool. And I was just still listening to the music, just enjoying the credits going up. And then I saw this, man. And I was just like completely blown away, bro, that you gave me a little shout out. Like stuff like that, man. It just. Oh, deservedly so. I, 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 don't, I don't take anybody for granted. Uh, I wasn't expecting it. I was just watching while I was listening to the music and rocking out. And then, you know. It, might not it, expected, but that doesn't mean not deserved. So, uh, you know, thank you for all, all, all the stuff, uh, you know, the promotion you've given my works, the thinking of my works uh, uh, through the years here now. So, yeah, uh, yeah right. we got it. We got to ditch this Skype-ish shit sometime and, and go to dinner sometime or something. Oh, yeah, man. I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can talk a lot of Rothrock movies. I'll let's let's go. <laughs> you know but, saying? yeah, thanks again, uh, Master Lynn, for the shout out. Uh, but, yeah, this was a blast, uh, you know, having you here on the channel. That's right. As always. And uh, don't you go anywhere, Len, but you guys, we'll see you guys on the next one. But hey, all of you badasses out there that keep going around complaining about action movies not being fun anymore. Well, you got one right here, baby. That's right. So Impact of Vengeance comes out everywhere. DVD, Blu-ray, or digital, 4K. Hey, you got to support it, buy it, pick it up, enjoy it. That's what it's all about. That's right. That's what cinema should be all about, right, Len? Having a good time. I think, yeah, fun movies are kind of my thing. Uh, That's right. Uh, I, I can appreciate a drama. I, I like all kinds of cinema, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, I always come back to stuff that I find fun. Like Miami Connection. <laughs> uh, you're talking One of our favorites. That, you're talking to a guy that's watched Dead Heat with Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams probably 50 times. <laughs> Another classic. Another classic. All right, guys. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you on the next one. All right, baby.